Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. Finally. Essay. <laughs> <laughs> of course it was going to come to this. Oh, man. Uh, we know we've been gonna, we've been doing this one for a while. We knew about this one, this movie <laughs> that I've never heard of before last week. No, yeah. Well, you're welcome. We're at, we're at number 187. We are 187. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast, and yeah, we got a classic Samuel classic. L. Jackson <laughs> film here for you. So, I saw our episode 187 was coming up. I didn't know yeah. which one for sure we were on. I knew 200 was creeping up, and that's why I checked in. I saw, oh, we're one away from 187. We got to do a movie with a lot of killing. Yeah. We got to have some murder. So, you knew that 187 is like the, the penal code for murder. Yeah, there was like a lot of like gangster rap on MTV mm-hmm. when that was. So, I learned about 187s quick i knew i knew nothing of the 187 life (laughs) but there was some stories on tv about it yeah this movie however i have never heard of in my life i had no idea there was a 187 the movie so when i was suggesting for episode what did i suggest hard-boiled yeah, we were a lot talking of people about get shot through in hard. A lot of things where people get shot. I think specifically gun shooting. Was involved. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of mass killing. We were going to talk about. How are we going to do that? Twenty-seven, and then Charlie slides in with, "Hey, I got an idea. I got a little flick I've been storing on the side here. A little favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. A movie that's really important to me." And I said, well, "I have no idea what it's going to be. You know, Grindhouse. It's a movie <laughs> with a lot of killing that Charlie's sure. into. One eighty-seven. This is a movie. This is your life. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of this movie. I thought you were joking. He's like, we could do the movie 187. We got. There's a literally a movie called 187, and uh, yeah, it came out in '97, and it has haunted me for 25 years. <laughs> oh, no, you saw this like when you were 14. I never saw this movie. I never saw this movie until I suggested it. <laughs> you but are. It, you but have avoided mere, it for 25. It's mere existence has haunted my How brain. Did... It's been stuck in my head for 25 years. What's your history with 187? Well, uh <laughs> Charlie, real well, for, if you don't know, it's a uh teacher in a bad classroom movie. We were getting those for like a hard decade. The 90s was full of dangerous minds, bad high schools with gangs and violence and the teacher has to come in and save the day, rescue, reform, yeah. reach reach someone. Get these kids straight. The kids out. give them a chance. And right? uh I was a kid as you know, very sheltered growing up. I went to a Catholic school <laughs> yeah. up until 8th grade, but I knew I was going into a public high school. We couldn't afford the yeah the Catholic the bigger high school. pond next year. So for yeah the years between like 1992 and 1997 when I finally went to high school, I was terrified. <laughs> you were I was terrified <laughs> because every year a movie would come out that depicts just outright chaos and violence at any given moment in a high school, like it's some sort of prison ward. Oh brother, my parents so they didn't want me sitting around when I was a teen playing video games all summer. So they always sent me to summer school. 
Mm. You can take extra classes. I wasn't failing my classes. They're just like, you're taking bonus classes. Yeah. Taking more math. Get busy. That's what you're doing for two months. You're taking the bus there. And so every year they would have it at like either Montgomery or, you know, Santa Rosa, one of our local high schools, right? But it's this mix of kid, like nerd kids like me mm-hmm. getting sent by their, by their parents as daycare with like the bad kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. kids that are forced to be there. It's so you're just thrown in with 1,500 other people for three weeks. And you're, there's fights. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, my gosh. This is, my this worst is not nightmare. my world. I went, to a, I, we went, we, uh, I went f- to a Christian school. And then they're like, you're going, to, you're going to Piner now. In fifth grade, we went to like a week-long camp out in Occidental. Okay. And it was our class, St. Rose little Catholic yeah. boys class. Wearing and your then, little white polos. And then literally like a class from like inner city... Oakland. <laughs> you bring, yeah, suddenly the kids from Antioch are here, and it's like, these kids are going to kill us. And uh, that was, yeah, that was interesting. We have been, we've lived in such a bubble. But I was I was a scared little white boy, not knowing what was in, and, and obviously, I'm not going to Compton. I'm not going to some no. big city school. Uh, but I was still, like, terrified. When did you hit your uh, growth spurt? You're tall. Uh, tall like were you two in years grade? into high school. Okay. Yeah, like, junior year. Junior year, you were at up. least kind of, like, gawky. Oh, I was I was 115 pounds my freshman year. Of high school. <laughs> I was a wild. tiny little man, man. and uh, yeah, and then all these movies like The Principal with James Belushi, where the a kid substitute. literally tries to rape a teacher. Jeez. You had uh, there was some movie with uh, Morgan Freeman, Lean on Me, maybe. Okay, where it's like he goes, and it's like the opening montage is just 10 minutes of students like beating the shit out of teachers <laughs> and like just assaulting reel. each other. <laughs> For like a montage. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my little room just being like, oh no. Yeah. There were multiple substitute movies. Yeah. Substitute movies. And yeah, Dangerous yeah. Minds was the big one where we it's wa- like, wow, Michelle Pfeiffer is going to get involved now? Right. <laughs> yeah, we, wa- we watched Stand and Deliver, you know, in junior high. Oh, maybe um, that's what it was with Morgan Freeman. That was something that was like that. Edward James oh, no. Almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. With, the, with the fake comb over. Another and, one. Yeah, we watched that on one of those days where they're like... Well, we're not sure what to teach, but we'll wheel in the TV VCR combo. Yeah, but every the- other movie was like high school from hell. Yeah, and uh, and I also watched Boys in the Hood way too young, <laughs> and so it's a war zone. I man. was just scared. I hadn't even seen The Wire or anything yeah. like that. Showed real inner city schools, but the depictions alone. So not this a fan. this then is like comes out the summer before I go into high school. <laughs> And I'm seeing the ads everywhere. It's on the back of like comic books that I'm buying. Really? I'm like, I'm like one eight, and it's like very much like one eight seven is the code for murder. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson and a thousand of the most dangerous looking teenagers you've ever seen in your life, all hanging out in a concrete. So lot. I could never watch it. I could never watch. You were it. scared of of the one eight seven, but it's been burned in the back of my brain like a little earworm or something for twenty five years of just like this movie exists. I cannot what are you believe do about I've, it? I have no memory of this movie. I did not know of this existence. I knew nothing about it. When you said we could do the movie one eight seven, I thought you were being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of like my idea for hard. Bo- it's all just as dumb. But this movie played theaters. This movie was an ex- was a well budgeted movie. This, right? uh, this uh, yeah, yeah, it was played, reviewed it by Ebert. Came out in the summer of ninety seven, and uh, yeah, Sam Jackson was just on a roll. He, uh, you know, he he, he was his, in the prime of his powers. This ninety seven. I can't believe I didn't hear this because Jackie Brown or Del Roby. 
is a role of a lifetime for anybody else. Him, it's one of his like, well, you could argue five others are better, <laughs> right? He's had such a long, amazing career. One of those 200 IMDb movie credit oh, guys, yeah. right? Oof. But he also had Eve's Bayou this year, 97. Yep. And the is, one before this in 96, we've already talked about, Long Kiss Goodnight. We are really hitting a sweet, specific Sam Jackson spot. The, I love it. The crazy thing is, he works constantly. Mm-hmm. It's always a sweet spot. There's so It's a long window. But just this 96 through 97, he was in everything, and he was turning out different, nuanced characters yeah. in all of them. Yeah, he is so and good in this movie. Somehow this movie existed in, like right around the exact same time as Eve's Bayou and Jackie Brown. He was yeah. doing so many different great performances that ones are being discovered by me 25 years later. And I, I think you would agree. haunted your dreams. This is not like any Sam Jackson performance ever that you've seen. This no. is a quiet, scared at times. Uh, he's a teacher, inner city New York teacher. Yeah. who gets stabbed like 10 times at the beginning of this movie. And then it cuts to 15 months later, and he's substituting out in the dangerous he's uh, moved Los Angeles yeah, this, inner cities. This movie jumps us in with one scary school in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy. Mm-hmm. You know, we were hearing a lot of that on MTV, too, around then. <laughs> yeah. kids, kids watching you know, Biggie Smalls videos, new Bed-Stuy, you know, mm-hmm. new Jay-Z mm-hmm. and all this. And now it's like, here's a location. Right here it is. And you know it's New York because the movie's the bluest movie you've ever seen. <laughs> That means New York. We're blue, and it's New York. Then we're going is, to L.A., and then it's super brown. This is the prime 1990s, like, put a filter on this it. This feels like it beat all that. Like, traffic. Maybe, yeah. I think of traffic and all those for a couple years later. 97 feels early to be doing the, we're hitting the blues and browns, mm-hmm. man. When Richard Reel is in his one scene as the principal of the, the Brooklyn school, yeah, he yeah. is like, Bright blue. <laughs> he is, just looks like he's been ingesting silver. Everything, like guy. yeah, everything in that opening scene is just blue on blue. I thought it was the the shitty YouTube upload I was watching that, like, man, this color is way off. And then when it hit the deep browns of desert community Los Angeles, yeah, I'm going, nope, we're just getting, we're easing into that That's late '90s, is, early 2000s color. That's just what it is. Yeah. The muddy browns of Gladiator. <laughs> mm, just around the corner. Well, this also had that very on-brand, like mid to late '90s, like typewriter font for the credits. <laughs> I <laughs> love that typewriter font, man. It looked like Levi's ad font. <laughs> yeah. The whole the first twenty minutes of this looked like one of the same era Levi's ads, where you see him now. I see him on old VHS or DVDs, and it's like, "You want your pants loose? We got them loose." And it's just a bunch of kids jumping in slow mo yeah. with you that. You want them font. blue? <laughs> yeah, and the commercials were the exact blue hue mm-hmm. of the first ten of. And then yeah, it would even stamp out like Levi's in the dirty typewriter font. All the credits for that. This is a. Kevin Reynolds movie. Kevin Reynolds is the Costner man. This guy is a big Costner guy. This is a weird, yeah, movie for a guy that did like Waterworld, right? <laughs> this guy has been attached to Costner for years. He did Waterworld, uh, Robin Hood, Prince, Prince, of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Yeah, mm-hmm. Robin Hood, Prince of Tides. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He did, <laughs> he did The Buffalo Stampede. He filmed that in uh, Dances with Wolves. Mm. And that. Hatfields and McCoys, the modern Costner. Oh yeah, I bet he's done. I he's, bet he's done he's a dozen Yellowstone. Yellowstones. I'm just, just saying. Yeah, this guy and Costner are one in the same. These are mano and mano. And then he's like, you know what? 
I'm also going to make my inner city gang violence in schools movie. Yeah. Right in the middle of those. Written by an actual teacher. I love that little tidbit. I love how end. annoyingly and smarmily it says that at the end. <laughs> this was written by a teacher. All right, what am I supposed to take So from if that? you think it's like bullshit or whatever, like, no, nah, man. Yeah, no, this was but teacher that wrote this yeah i don't know why it's throwing that in my face oh this movie throws a lot of kind of unexpected things in my face this was a good movie but yeah. this was not the movie that i even an hour in thought we were getting no yeah I, finally 25 years later i watched it. i was like oh this isn't the scary high school movie i thought it was it is this that, is a different kind of scary it, it high peels into movie. something darker yeah <laughs> it starts becoming an inner city deer hunter allegory explicitly. Yes. <laughs> the movie, the last 30 minutes are becoming homage to the deer hunter. It is not a guy who's like, it's not like a pockmarked Edward James almost like slamming his fist on the desk and like sitting down Lou Diamond Phillips with his high-waisted khaki pants. <laughs> It tricks you into thinking this is going to be that. You get lulled into thinking oh, this is a teacher who's just trying to teach the kids. I was just, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. The the, the movie lulls you into what you think it's going to be and we, then turns on you. We have seen so many of these teachers really fighting for these kids' future, right? Mm -hmm. These kids who were born with nothing, who can still get out of it, even though they've been told they can't. Well, this guy's telling them they can in an hour in, you're just like, yeah, man, this guy got stabbed 10 times at, by Method Man. Yeah. <laughs> Early Method Man role. I assumed Method Man would be showing up on Then suddenly I was like, does Method Man follow him to L.A.? <laughs> is Method Man going to hunt him? All the characters on screen should have been saying, where is Method Man? <laughs> where is Method Man? You see Method Man stay up, stab Sam Jackson a dozen times in the first 10 minutes. I assumed Method Man would be returning. No. There's a lot of other dirt bags in this movie. This movie is filled with people. And just look at this cast. Some unknowns, some people we're still seeing today, like Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. Yeah. The curiously named Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. As as he's known now, like Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah. You know, Clifton Collins Jr., the guy who played a, a aging horse jockey yeah. in a riveting performance last year. This is him at his most Chicano. So Chicano, he doubled down on the Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's his real name. I, Collins Jr. I don't know where that comes from. You really, clean, really cleaned it up with the Collins Jr. Yeah. I love the Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez. Yeah. Look at this guy. This guy's a working actor. This guy is a different kind of Sam Jackson. You've seen this guy in so many TV shows, so he's, many roles. He's in all the like Guillermo del Toro movies. He's, uh, yeah, he's in everything. He had a good role in uh, Westworld. Yeah. He's a good guy. Good, and uh, yeah, I like this actor. A I lot. never knew we got a explicit gang violence tagging crew. Oh man, Clifton Collins Jr. His tagging crew, KOS, capping off suckers. <laughs> Is that what Whoa. it Whoa! Yeah, I didn't know what it meant. That's what it means. Did K they say it? Did you? Did you they just say know it, that? They say it once at the yeah at the beginning. Yeah, man, capping off suckers. Oh, I didn't. And it's like the whole, doing what off suckers? <laughs> I must have missed it the whole time. I'm wondering what KOS means because the rest they trust you that you know KOS. They drop KOS yeah. a lot, but they never they don't keep spelling out. We don't remind people of our acronym. We we told them once. We're just we're abbreviating. These are some now. hardcore uh, graffiti uh, crews. There's a lot there. of scary kids in this movie. Yeah, I'm scared of kids anyway. 
This these kids are scary. <laughs> these are adults though. This is those like where you're in high school and the dudes are like adults. Yeah, they're men with like mustaches and beards and guns <laughs> and jacked and <laughs> and Look, they cap be- off beefy suckers. kids in this movie, man. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are tough kids. They're, this is filmed like a prison movie. He's getting shanked in the yard. Mm-hmm. He's walking down. He's having nightmares. Tries to reinvent his life. We get the drunken, kind of disheveled John Hurd character. Oh man, John, John Hurd. That's what you said. Once you brought up 187, it's like you kind of convinced yourself of it. You looked it up, and Mia said, "It's got John Hurd." I did. Yeah, I did go. Uh, yeah, I go like, "What? What is this movie?" Now that I've recommended it, it's like. John Hurd's like second build, so yeah. you know you're so, good. So I think we're on good hands here. <laughs> this ain't going to be Home Alone John Hurd. I think we're getting our uh, our favorite kind of John Hurd. This yeah. is a, a large cast with, with some unknowns, but you know a lot of the students are unknowns who went on no matter how. A lot of them have had huge careers. Oh, you showed up playing a Mexican bike gang guy for three episodes of Sons of Anarchy? Of course you did. Mm-hmm. Good for you, you working actors. <laughs> but then when you have John Hurd showing up as... Kind of an evolving, awful person. <laughs> we get to see at first, he's just one of these guys, hey man, the system's against you. You do what you can to survive. And he's like, later on in the movie, it's just like, here's another race that I hate. <laughs> Let me show you my guns and point one at you. Oh, John, yeah, John Hurt is the uh, cynical teacher who's just like, oh man, you're the guy that got stabbed. I love how he loves that Sam Jackson's like the the teacher who got stabbed. Sam Jackson has like a Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse <laughs> level <laughs> aura rep. among teachers, yeah. right? The His myth of the teacher that took, took nine shots, right? And he's still teaching. He's yeah. still doing it. I thought he was dead. Yeah, you got a purple heart? I'm yeah. giving advice to the guy with the purple heart. <laughs> I love John Hurd's look. That's a guy who'll show up on a set looking like himself. He gets oh, yeah. cast because he looks like John Hurt. He's always got that belly. I remember there's a great scene, and he was in a Grisham, like the Pelican Brief or the mm. Firm or something. I remember the scene of him on a stakeout just sitting in his motel room with his shirt off. He's got the belly you'd expect through those Tommy yeah, yeah. Bahama shirts. He walks past the hotel mirror, and he kind of grabs his stomach and shakes it a bit. It's like, God, this guy's great. John Hurt's second build. Put it over the top, sure. Yeah. But this was more than I was expecting. This movie has a lot of messages, and somehow, sometimes those messages seem kind of conflicted and kind of unspoken or undelivered on, but I like that this movie's trying something. It has something to say, even if that something is kind of dark and messy and mm. unfinished. I, I, I like this movie. I yeah. like this twist on the learned teacher where he's this weird mythical figure, and then midway through it kind of twists to... Actually, he just might be crazy. He might <laughs> yeah. be crazy, and he might be wanting to die. This is what, yeah. If anyone ever asks, like, what's a movie that like turns halfway through, or shifts, <laughs> or changes halfway yeah, through? What really turns? Literally, an hour into this two-hour movie, this thing goes into like a. Wait a minute, you're not the kind Samuel L. Jackson patient teacher who just wants to help. Yeah, even this, after enduring this dude this goes level assault. This dude hunts. No, now he's turned into the evil Bronson. Yeah. Yeah, Bronson th- always uh, yeah. had the. This is a total death wish teacher mm. situation, right? Bronson always sidestepped a lot of killing by some kind of moral line. He established a line he didn't like go against his morals, mm-hmm. even while killing a lot of people. They were bad people. They were all bad. They were all bad, right? <laughs> he is ju- Kersey's justified in all of it. Yeah, he takes a bazooka to that <laughs> gang, right? And 
this is this this is like a Bronson movie if people start finding out like wait a minute you can't just kill people man that's that's incorrect this isn't a Bronson movie sir once it turns and he re- he realizes he's the psycho that's like this is good right mm-hmm. this is good these people are better off you missing. said you said it would be better off if Benny wasn't around your life has been hell with this kid here and now I've crossed some line once it there's a line that gets drawn when you see this nice direction of a reformed man dealing with this fear that nobody should be asked to overcome. Mm-hmm. You got knifed nine, ten times in your kidneys by some guy just anywhere you could. Who didn't went. who didn't like that you failed him? It's literally just yeah, like Immediately a went to stabbing. Like, how could you feel safe anywhere ever again, right? How could you not let that ruin your life? And this guy's just trying to reinvent himself, moves coast, changes lifestyles. Facing his fears, getting back out, praying, there praying to the cross every morning. Give me the strength. Doing yeah. like an, at the an AA uh, motto of the, you know, give me the strength to change what I can mm-hmm. and the wisdom to know what I can't do and this and that. It's like that's that. This feels like an Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> uh, it's it's applicable slogan, to a lot of I guess so. <laughs> you know, but yeah, this is looking really inspirational. You know, and and I know Jackson's gonna knock it out. I know it. And he meets another teacher whose life, quite frankly, at this awful, awful school has been hell. I've been to summer school classes that were in trailers, just like these yeah. the portable units. I went to Piner when they were constructing, redoing most of the school for a decade. Hmm. <laughs> so every other class was just in a trailer unit, and it's hot as hell during the summer. It's awful. But at least I never felt in full danger of being knifed mid-class. <laughs> Out on the quad, sure. get your back against a planner. You know, don't go into a couple of the bathrooms that you've been warned about. Mm. But this, in the classrooms, man, I don't know how teachers do it. The second one kid starts getting the confidence to mouth off to a teacher, you can lose the room quick. Big time. I don't know if I have what it takes to keep a room like that. And Sam Jackson is the man who's trying his best to keep a room. He's trying his best. To... He's trying to teach him science. He's trying to teach him about the lymphic, you know, nervous system while they're like in the back graffiti tagging the, the desks. Yeah. And like just smoking weed <laughs> openly in the classroom. <laughs> weed, weed class. <laughs> I do love how they, yeah, the, there's a few scenes where Clifton Gonzalez, Gonzalez as Caesar and his friends are just like, comically high in the classroom yeah really, <laughs> like, why are your eyes so oh, red caesar oh man <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you really get the sense just like that final season of the wire where david simon's like all right they're giving me another season years later i'm gonna write this about some people in the newspaper industry that wronged me <laughs> like here's everything wrong with the newspapers these days at the end when it's like this was written by a teacher. It's like, yeah, we know, David Simon. This was written by a guy who worked in the papers. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, we get this. This has this cynicism. Mm-hmm. You know, for, by well, the- apparently, this, the, the teacher writer, Scott Yagaman or, or whatnot, said this is like real stuff that this is happening. Like he's a, doing a, the- a, a, a student threatening him mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, yeah, that he really went through that. I mean, so. You got to be carny about that. Like, I'm really glad, regardless, that he's pushing the, this was real. Mm -hmm. This is what teachers did. 
I don't know where this is supposed to be in L.A. Seems could be the bad part of North Hollywood. You mentioned somewhere you know, in the Valley, Crenshaw. I know, yeah, but it's, it's definitely the Valley. You can tell by all the hills that was filmed in the Valley, the you know East East L.A. or something. That's uh, yeah, it's all Chicano gang members. Brown it's all, as hell out there. Not yeah. the people, the filming, the it's filters all on this. The, it's the, traffic. The wife beaters and the big baggy uh, khakis and the yeah, Caesar with his glasses that hang down. Good glasses work by Caesar in this. Masterful. Yeah. How, how long do you think he has to work on that as an actor? Like to get them to hang <laughs> just the right way or just like the smoothness with which he puts them behind his You have his to be familiar because if you have to Fieri be used style. to them being there so much that you forget them. So mm-hmm. this is a thing he was working on. I, You know that the character is he's actually just methoding this. Oh, yeah. To hell. I love Rita. The pint-sized Rita. The good student. The That's good That's why girl. they keep luring you into thinking this is a real dangerous minds. These kids can... This is a hoop dream. Yeah, Sam Jackson's trying out. to help the one smart girl in the class who's also just like the school well, dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is... They do such a good job in the first hour of showing these kids and the traps that they're into that aren't their fault. Mm-hmm. And making us talk about the choices that we can make and the choices that we can make to keep ourselves down and to build ourselves back from something traumatic, right? And a lot of these kids, they do a really good job of actually making them, some of them seem real, like people that are being held down through no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. And even if they have the ability to pull themselves out of it, they're born at such a disadvantage, right? And he wants to be the one to pull at least some of them out. And there's this sweet moment. Yeah, Rita is obvious. She's a girl who's not used to a lot of positive attention. Yeah. And uh, also being smart is a negative in this community, right? With bad students, the bad kids. They just want to get on with their, you know, yeah. with criming. Caesar is fully illiterate yes. as a high school they student. Est- yeah, they yeah. always have to establish that he's embarrassed and yeah. lashing out because he can't Ooh. read. And it feels very dangerous, Minds. Mm-hmm. There's this tender scene that could have been handled so bad and so calloused that I thought was so sweet when, you know, he sees something in Rita and he wants to, to teach her. He, he sees a, an intelligence there. Uh, and he wants this moment. He needs this moment, right? Mm-hmm. He needs to prove to himself that this is... He can make a good difference. Yes, right? like that he's doing this for impact. a reason. Yeah. And let me tell you, the shock when he came back into his apartment living room and she was just naked on the couch <laughs> is, that was just a slap to the face. I, I That was stunning, right? Yeah. And the the humanness of it when, she, when he is not this bad man. She is not like the other men that she's known in his life. And he handles it as sweetly and warmly as you possibly could without trying to embarrass somebody who... It's like a misread of of a kind of attention. Mm -hmm. And she's not used to this kind of sincerity. And it could have been so gross. And the movie's not afraid to get mean and treat its characters mean and sad. So this humanness that established so much made the turn midway so much more personal and shocking. Yeah. This reveal that he isn't a bad guy. And then when it makes you see like, no, he is kind of twisted. It's he isn't all there. It's not happening, but it's very human until then. His relationship with Ellen, the the hum, the woman teacher. Is I was gonna say yeah. They they set up this whole friendship, almost quasi romance with him and the other teacher Ellen, and uh, he takes care of her dog, and they have a nice night. 
drinking wine and dancing and yeah. but he's he's got this trauma, this pain that is holding him back from embracing other people and it's this very sweet like yeah, like he's a guy just trying to do his best and then he's being open. He's cool though. Yeah. He's he's a a hurt man but he's charming. You know, mm-hmm. you can see why he is he's a good teacher. You can tell this and he's good with other people. He's not, you know, he's not a weirdo. He's just a guy who had a really bad thing happen to but him. But he still wants to help. You know, he wants to be a positive. He wants to help Ellen. And she's having a problem with the student, Benny, who's threatened her. And Another of the tagging crew. Yeah. Who murders a boy. <sighs> Pretty cold-blooded murder right there from Benny. This movie has cold moments. <laughs> this, yeah. this movie gets dark. When Benny just kills a kid who's trying to join, kind of join in the crew, wants to be in the KOS. What does that stand for? Capping off suckers. Capping off suckers. This kid they, wants they to... They capped off this sucker real good. This kid took a lot of shots to the chest it's without the, even a look. The nonchalance of it, yeah, was, was pretty brutal. But yeah. The impressive camera work in some of these scenes. There's a shot after Benny just lifelessly murders a boy, right? It does this huge pullback shot where mm-hmm. you see some... In LA Freeway, see the 405... See the 215 overhead and this long gutter system. That's why it's got to be North Hollywood. They always show all those gutters. Yeah, that L.A. river that's just uh-huh. like a trickle in the middle of a concrete basin. As you can see, Benny just walking home. Just this long walk and this full pan back. There were so many cool tricks with the camera. Some of them didn't quite work. Like when the camera was violently spinning 360 degrees around the casual dinner conversation of, it was going too fast. <laughs> Ellen and uh, Sam Jackson. Yeah, that was going way too fast. And Oof. then they, they had a scene where he sets up a video camera in the classroom, and then suddenly the video camera is like close up on, oh. he, on him and Clifton as Caesar, uh, Sam Jackson and, and Clifton going at I it. I love what, when it's he... It's like, wait, he's not holding the camera. It's in the corner of the room. Why, <laughs> why are we getting these close-ups? He's, he puts a camcorder <laughs> mount in his character to camcorder, catch somebody yeah. on tape, you know, catch uh, Gonzalez, Gonzalez. And I love when it goes to the camera footage. Suddenly, it's like one of those Spike Lee Nike ads. It's in black and white. It's filmed like in Spike Lee uh, yeah. opening NYPD Blue era. <laughs> Aggressive uh, camera work, right? We're filming with handy cams now. You know, it's like a skate video all of a sudden. It's like all pixelated and yeah, blurry. Cut, yeah. Like, wait, but there was just the one camera in the corner of the room. Why, why are we doing I love the, I love the usage of style. In this, I love the style that made it different than Dangerous Minds or different from mm-hmm. Stand and Deliver. If you know, it showed because it's not those movies, it's different from those movies, and it plants all these different things about it, and it still catches you off guard, it still lulls you in. A major thing for me that made this stand out is the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. love how this movie sounded, so it takes these risks with some of these scenes, how they're shot, right. Yeah, I love I love the Andy Cam footage. <laughs> it made it seem like filming a crime, you mm-hmm. know. Made it feel feel like a rap video, but it did not have a hip hop score, like you'd expect. Like Dangerous Minds, like they were all selling the soundtrack to these movies, right? Yeah, there's no Coolio in this. Soundtrack. There was no singles because they were just using like trip hop and Brian Eno, <laughs> like Miles Davis, Massive Attack in this. I was not expecting, you know, DJ Shadow. It's pretty chill. <laughs> to be doing my, like, chill hops. It's a good groove. And that's how it lures, yeah, like you said, lulls you in, lures you into this this sense of uh, 
good guy versus bad students because yeah about an hour in you go like hey, we haven't seen benny in a while yeah benny just disappears we benny's after, the one, after he kills benny's that the kid threatening ellen we never see that guy again and then uh all of a sudden yeah clifton as caesar is walking around and uh takes a fucking bow and arrow to the chest <laughs> an hour into this movie and all of a sudden there's a syringe full of dope in it and, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like someone is killing these kids he doesn't kill clifton he just knocks him Dude. out and cuts off a finger when he starts taking his life back and this goes into un unmorals bronson mm-hmm. they just went there <laughs> and it's a turn it is a turn on it a is heel. a hard turn and yeah ellen kelly rowan as ellen is like starts putting the pieces together and it's just like i don't know you at all i love that scene where she confronts him it's just like well they had such they actually were sharing moments they were connecting in a, a real way and he's, you know, the guy who's thinking, like, who's kind of justifying his way into doing these things, right? The movie doesn't show him killing Benny at no. all. No, you just kind of forget that Benny's a part of the picture. Yeah. Until and you... It, it, you, you just kind of assume it's, uh, you know, sometimes these movies are underwritten. They don't get screenwriters yeah. to hide them. They get, right. they get loser former teachers to do them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so plots can get dropped. So, yeah, I, I hadn't even been thinking about Benny because then it became Caesar's movie right he's the antagonist he's the threat mm -hmm. and then ellen's putting together the pieces and she confronts sam jackson after a bit and he does this almost just abusive turn without necessarily threatening her she comes over late at night pounding on his door because something's eating away at her there's only so many times students can accuse this teacher of uh, murder <laughs> where there's like maybe there is a little Fi you know, we should fire check this, this out. smoke yeah <laughs> you know a lot of bad things can get spread about a people but i've never had that many murder charges levied against me yeah if well, a few people started standing up and saying you know that guy killed someone and he's gonna kill again they're like look we got to at least ask you we got to at least ask you about it. and she's asking a lot of questions and she's no dummy and he had been so warm and so vulnerable with her, honest about his scars. Mm -hmm. They were connected. These were traumatized people, right? And he's standing there in his boxers and tank top, and he has this body language about him where he's like, he's different. Yeah. He actually turns and faces her, and there's nothing overtly threatening about it, but it's such a specific movement. Where he's stand, kind of sitting on the bed, kind of standing by his side, kind of doing this like, look, I don't know what you're talking about. And when she directly confronts him about the missing student, he like doesn't say anything, but he just turns towards her. And there was something so threatening. It's like, is he going to murder her? Yeah. Is this it? Is he full? Is the rest of this movie going to be him murdering everyone? It feels very Norman Bates. Like, yeah. It feels just very, yeah. He has this. Did he get a taste for blood and the bodies are about to pile up? It's just, it's such, it's so crazy that, yeah, Sam Jackson could do, because, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. In that scene, he has this mask on him. Yeah. That you just don't see Sam Jackson doing this in, in movies. He just has this blank, sour, scary, blank, you know, just blank expression mask on him. And he's got these kind of, 
round glasses that are accentuating the kind of his eyes start looking just alien almost yeah. right and and he's very like yeah he's kind of hunched in this movie a lot he's skinny he, do, he doesn't have the big grandiose personality he has in so many movies so to see this kind of just skeletal figure almost it couldn't have been accident like he's, it was yeah you just mentioned that he's hunched he's cowed you know this is a guy who doesn't want any trouble after what mm-hmm. happened and it was when he turned to like face her, he looked six foot eight. The way they film, you can see his long legs. He was in a tank top. You see his long arms. Suddenly, he just looked like a, like you said, he looked like a not human quite. Yeah, yeah. There was a human mask on it, and there's no effects, no nothing. It was just him acting, and this change so good. was there, and she was seeing the change. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting a deep introspective transformation an act happens to you that you can't control and now you can't control the change to connect with somebody and see them change is scary mm. you know it's something yeah, we all have to deal she with. she thinks she knows this guy yeah then the, yeah the end of that confrontation scene she's just like i don't know you i don't know who you are i've got i love so- that sense of just like and she's also like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's suddenly like the Gina Davis. Like, <laughs> like she's yeah. seeing this totally different fly person. It's like, this is too far. She has asked the questions. She got her answer without, without any words being exchanged. She knows this is wrong. Nobody in any of those Bronson movies, like he gets very little pushback. He is mm-hmm. viewed as a hero, a hero right. who did the thing that nobody else could do. The terrible things, right? People immediately are like, man, you can't do that. Murder? You can't murder. I know he was a bad kid. I know everybody hated him. You can't murder him. Yeah. I know the system (laughs) is entirely broke, and we have to pretend like, wink, wink, well, I'll write up a report. You know, I'll talk with the cops and then get thrown right back in the same classroom as the kid that knows I accused him. Yep, well, I'll play along. But you can't kill him. They're still playing the game, and he's the one that thinking thinks they're crazy for like, no, you you can't play the game. The game's broke. The game's fixed. He goes crazy, but it's this subtle craziness. It never delves into the bodies piling up. Mm-hmm. But he's gone. Something died with him, and he thought he could get it back, and he wanted to get it back. But something happened where he knows he can't get it back. And that moment was probably when he was affixing a syringe needle to the head of an arrow to fire at a kid from the bushes. What? So that he could knock him out and disfigure him. We don't get any arrow training. They save that as a surprise. No, I was trying to, yeah, I was like trying to remember. I was like, do we see a bow and arrow in his apartment? I don't or think something so. The movie the- goes almost like a weird Vietnam. <laughs> like, well, the last half feels, last act feels really heavy Vietnam they stuff. literally watch Deer Hunter and then reenact it. Yeah, the yeah. kid, uh, <laughs> Spoiler Caesar alert. just catches, you know, one of those times the TV shows the Deer Hunter. The classic <laughs> As you TV do. staple, the Deer Hunter. Oh, how do you take up four hours on a Saturday block? <laughs> just show an edited Deer Hunter. Yeah, filling it in. I don't think I've ever seen Deer Hunter just showed on television, let alone Caesar's like, I'll stick around to this. What is it? Three and a half hours? Yeah. Let me see this. Let me see what like, happens to yeah, the I heard, lives. I heard of these. there's a pretty cool Russian roulette scene at the end. So, uh, yeah, might as well get through this uh, hour long wedding scene at the beginning. 
yeah, when we get to the the reveal that Caesar's just in, gets inspired by the deer hunter, like that's a cool way to kill. <laughs> <laughs> Would that have changed if he had seen like Marathon Man? Or uh, I think of I think so. But yeah, I was like, that's kind of like what happened with everyone who saw Fight Club wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like we're dealing with this, and this movie. I loved how explicitly this movie was like your macho bullshit is bullshit. Your whole way of life, this macho, because macho is just stupid. I love how on on point that was. But yeah, the uh, the I love how yeah. Then Ellen figures out that he's killed Benny, and he's probably the one who uh, knocked out Caesar and cut his finger off. And then immediately, every other student in the movie figures it out yes his his eminem uh white boyfriend figures it out <laughs> in the very next scene and accuses him yeah everyone knows the he's word in is on getting it out he uh yeah once once the pieces come together it's almost like everyone's psychically like wait a minute yeah. vincent, <laughs> when vincent gardenio was complaining about bronson killing going around and killing at night it was in behind closed doors meetings, and it's just like, yeah, technically they're all bad, <laughs> but I don't think we should encourage this kind of vigilantism. And it would be like if Death Wish, if everybody in L.A. was just like, there's the guy. <laughs> That's the killer guy. That's the murderer. We know you did it. This is the guy that shot a Demerol arrow into Caesar's <laughs> chest and then took his finger to prove a point. <laughs> That's the one. I, makes sense. I love how they handled the disappearance of Benny. How we don't see him killing Benny. We see him taking season. We don't even see him doing anything. We never see him shoot an arrow. We never see him cut a finger off. You don't see him in the scene. You just see an arrow suddenly hit Caesar in the chest <laughs> as he's graffiti tagging along the highway. Yeah. And then you see that there's a syringe. And Dude. you know that there was an earlier scene where he did a uh, he did a, demonstration. He, he showed with the kids that Demerol. he knows how to perfectly calculate the amount of Demerol used to knock out any creature for as uh, the specific amount of time he wants to do it too. Yeah. yeah, they tell the classroom it's like, look, there was a Demerol, the exact right amount to knock him out, and every kid goes, "Oh my God, it was Mr. C." <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely Mr. G. It was definitely Mr. G, Garfield, right? Yeah. It was definitely G. He remember with the Demerol, the one lesson we've learned in our years of high school. One time we paid attention, we all huddled around that rat to make he sure was he was just woke showing everyone his plan, showing all of them. But the way we don't see any of it, and we don't even know Benny's missing. It's just like you know, Benny's mother called. I know you just forget about Benny. You really, it's so I. I don't and know, at first, again, I don't know. Another, I'm trying to think of another movie where that would happen, where you have. You're introduced to the main bad guy, and then he disappears 25 minutes in, and you just don't figure out that he's been killed well, for like an hour. The way the movie uses his untalked-about disappearance as a way to build this suspicion and turn the movie. Because as people are talking about Benny's disappearance in the movie, I was sitting here going like, that guy hasn't come back. <laughs> that is like... Questioning whether I missed yeah. his death no, somehow. No, I was literally doing the same thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the guy with the rosary. Wait it's a, a minute, it's a neat. Mister G's got a rosary now in his. It's in a his neat desk? way of weaving in these these murders and not showing him. It's manipulating him and showing him being the good guy. Mm -hmm. Showing him that these characters, Bronson's a bad dude in these movies. I know he's killing a lot of people, but that are all bad people, but. I don't feel comfortable with the idea of knowing there's secret vigilantes around me anywhere. 
That makes me feel weird. <laughs> so you feel like I'm about to be used as a human shield at any moment. No thank you. Yeah, right. Not worth it. And so we're getting manipulated and shown just him being like the good guy who people can relate to. People can confide in. He's been through it before. He's been stabbed. He's he's done it. And when he is... Tat- Doesn't he tattoo a threat onto Caesar's finger? He gives him the finger yeah. back, but it says like... Uh, are you done? Are you done? Yeah. Because Knock that's, it off. that's been kind of a uh, a running thing with them is him him being like, are you done to the to the gangsters? And then being like, I guess I am. I, yeah, I have no comeback to that. <laughs> I think, I guess so. <laughs> it works for a bit. And you can see, I think it's important that they do show that scene of him going to Caesar's home, seeing his abuses in real time, his fatherless existence that's clearly left this macho hole in his life. It's all I got. Mm. It's all I got. Yeah, it's and it's, trying to save him. It's almost yeah. Oh man, I just I believe it. I believe he wants to save his kids. I believe yeah. it was real. And I guess we all have this point where we can only take so much if we're trying to do this good thing and we just keep getting hell for it. At a certain point, you just have to give in, I guess. And he gives in like more yeah. <laughs> than a lot of us have given in so far. I think I think if I'm a teacher who gets stabbed a bunch and then has to teach a bunch of gangsters and they want to hurt me, maybe I'll just work at Burger King instead. Maybe I'll just do something else. Probably won't cut a guy's finger off to make a point. There is a That's reason. Me. <laughs> There's a reason why Death Wish was spawned so many movies and caught on in such a major way. You know, the more... D- Death Wish. Well, yeah, we all screen, fantasize right? about killing as many bad guys as possible. Of course, everybody wants That's the American to way. Them. Yeah, <laughs> they want to kill the bad guys, and I. This is one of the only times I've seen it portrayed where the guy who finally is like, you know what, I'm kill. I'm gonna kill Benny. Everybody wants me to kill Benny. I'm doing everyone yeah. a favor. Nobody likes Benny, and it not for one second is treated as a noble thing. <laughs> As a like, well, it's problematic, but it is better. Yeah. It is always treated as like a, all right, this guy's the real psycho. Well, John Hurd almost treats it like it's a good thing. The Maybe my favorite scene in the movie is finally when him and John Hurd are uh, together, and John Hurd is just drunk as a skunk, showing and, him his gun locker. And he knows. John Hurd makes and it John no Hurd's secret. And John Hurd's like, did you do it? Did you do it? And Sam Jackson has no reaction. And John Hurd's just like, son of a bitch, you did. Yeah. You did do it. You... And he's kind of like, he's like, yeah, man, you got to do what you got to do. And he's showing him, oh, man, the, the scene of John Hurd just showing him the guns that he owns and doing the, like, bang, bang. And that that whole, like, this is an empty living man. out his fantasy of killing the kids and the bad guys and how, obviously, he's never going to do something like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah the, you really the difference get... between his machismo Right and Caesar's machismo and Sam Jackson's total lack of ego machismo, hiding the real threat underneath that. Man, the chameleon that work cool. that Sam Jackson did, the work that his character went through, untouchable ninety-seven. Yeah, this specific we are really hitting heavy the ninety-six, ninety-seven with good good. I can't wait to do Eve's Bayou. Oh, I know. I'd love our Eve's Bayou episode. We're doing it. The, the written and directed by Cassie Lemons, right? Oh, I love. We lemons. talked about her on Candy. I Man. love lemons. Yeah. Give me all the Cassie lemons. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Bring me lemons. Yeah. The character work of showing that he cares. This is real. 
This that is real. He, this, if this was just a straight movie about him helping some kids, it probably would have been one of the best versions of that movie. He was good as that. The turns he went through, the deadness that he was able to show with just no words. Mm-hmm. This is a performance. Ordell Roby and Mr. Garfield in the same year. Wow. And John Hurd. John Hurd has big Vietnam vibes without ever saying he's a veteran. But in that scene where he gets too drunk and he knows Sam Jackson's secret, and he's kind of threatening, I was getting big Wings Hauser. Mm, <laughs> totally. He had that Wings Hauser dangerous yeah, drunkenness. Yeah. I just love how John Hurd, it's like everyone knows him from Home Alone. <laughs> Home Alone dad, And then yeah. every other role, he's just like teetering on the brink of sanity. It's John, so great. John Hurd in first season Sopranos. He is sure. the, the sloppy messness of John <laughs> Hurd. Is, he's a great sloppy mess in these movies. But this, that scene, like you said, if we're isolating our acting scenes, oh, man. They're exactly. Good. That's so good. You should show that to a class. That is a class. That is a a master class. Him and Sam Jackson together. That's why we watch these movies. And Clifton, uh, Gonzalez Gonzalez is so good. And the final scene, the the deer hunter Russian roulette scene. (laughs) I didn't know what was going to happen. I was. I was not. I didn't. I didn't know anybody was ever inspired to like get cool killing ideas from the deer hunter. They can do this Russian roulette. Here's a sick detail that I liked that I've never seen in any of these movies. Shaving their heads in the car. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> why were they? Why did they have to do it in the car? They couldn't have done that before they left? There's something barbaric about killing off all your DNA. We're doing it ritualistically in the car outside of the house. I don't know if that's a real thing, but I like shaving the heads. Ball, going in just fresh as babies. Yeah, in there for our killing. Yeah, well, Clifton already had the shaved head, so he was good. But yeah, his friend Eminem and and the other guy, the driver, had to had to shave. I love how the 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 one the driver guy kept feeling his head. Uh huh. <laughs> a freshly shaved head. Those kids got their head shaved gotta, in that scene. When you get when you buzz or shave your head, you gotta you gotta feel those little. They nerves. did a real time head shaving yeah. in that scene. <laughs> they sure did. I loved it. I love that detail. But this movie, I don't know what to think about this ending with the tagger gang finally the word getting out that sam jackson he gets fired from the school he's clearly the murderer even if they can't fully prove it like but he's not a good guy he's not a hero he's like oh man this guy snapped and when he is confronted by this gang and they're immediately pulled into this game of russian roulette sam jackson just unleashes he goes full sam jackson oh yeah yeah, he goes full volume, Sam Jackson. He is so quiet. He doesn't care. This like, whole movie. He's just a guy who's just done, and he uh, has nothing to live for, nothing to lose. Pulling like four triggers on the Russian roulette won't stop. Pulling multiple triggers at a time, freaking out Clifton, Caesar, and, and uh, his cohorts. Yeah, it's uh, and then just challenging the machismo, the the macho ness of Caesar. And for it to actually work. Yeah. For him to actually get to Caesar and Caesar having to prove his point. This, the way it builds to such an extreme conclusion and the way it's showing him it just 
done. He doesn't care if he dies, right? He thought he could get it back. All he wanted to do is... He even says, it. all I wanted to do was teach. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do. Like, why is that so bad? Why? <laughs> He's done, right? Like, I can't get it back. I wanted it. I'm never getting it back. I'm dead. I died 15 months ago. Mm. That's tough, right? And... He's just ceases to feel anymore, right? He's dead. He's done. He doesn't care. But there's that part of him that's still reaching. He's never tried to reach a person this way before. This is an extreme way to reach a person. <laughs> yeah. Right? By playing Russian roulette to him. I'm up three to nothing. What are you going to do? Come on. You're macho. I've done three of these. My God. Mm-hmm. My God. And he almost does it. Were you expecting this to end with multiple suicide death, Russian roulette uh, suicide deaths? No, I had no idea what, yeah, what was going to happen. And uh, when Sam Jackson finally blows himself away and Clifton, uh, yeah, as Caesar has just like, he took my turn. I could have taken my own turn. And you see him going through the, going through the mental motions of, well, I can never, I can't live with myself if I don't take my turn. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, don't put two bullets in a six-round <laughs> chamber you. for Russian roulette, guys. Because, yeah, he goes down. And then, yeah, his friend, that that moment of just like, why? What's it for? Yeah. What's why the, are we doing this? And it kind of just finally clicks in him like, what are we What are we doing here? Yeah. These, and uh, These moments of desperation can escalate. Yeah. And we can get beyond just the bigger picture. Some major stuff can seem like the worst day of our lives can see ending. <laughs> on a given day in the grand scheme maybe it's not so bad right and for this moment to blow up this badly and for caesar to actually think for once this guy took his turn this could be this could be his chance end this you see in front of you this life is pointless this is getting you nowhere mm-hmm. you can pull yourself out of this still this guy took his bullet for you but he can't do it he can't do it if you accept that this is your lot in life, you're never going to pull your way out of it. And that was a sad ending. Yeah. A weird ending. An unexpected ending, but just sad. Yeah, it's a downer. And then we immediately cut to like graduation ceremony and everyone in their robes and tassels. And it was just such a moment of like, well, this show that we put on. Thinking yeah. that we've done something grand by just getting through high school. I know. And, uh, We're all just pretending that this is great. And Rita gives the saddest valedictorian speech in the history of speeches. and it, They're really treating it like uh, Sam Jackson, like the, the teacher who like had an affair with a student. But they're, talk- they're like, look, we all know Mr. G uh, did some rough things, <laughs> but... We wouldn't be still trying to be like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't like, look, it, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So I don't really know if it all works, <laughs> but it but it did make me say, yeah, what it? Why would you do this? You know, why would you? Why would you be like this? Why do we have to do this to ourselves, right? And then it really gets down on me. This is a thing I've thought about. This weird existentialism thought, where it gives us this shot of Mr. Garfield just naked. Yeah. In the, uh, you know, in the in lounge, the in the morgue. Yeah. With, I've thought about this, and it's one of these thoughts that'll just pop in my head regularly, of course. And depending on the day, it makes me laugh, or the other day, it just fills me with the most dread. It's the only thing. Just one day, I'll be one of like a half dozen naked bodies in a room, 
mm-hmm. and somebody who I've never met and never will be will be a guy just handling my body like furniture. <laughs> They'll just be like dragging my limp naked body. Well, and it's such yeah. a weird thought to have. Just like we're all just gonna be just a naked dude getting dragged off to some pile. That'll be a day. <laughs> That'll happen. That'll be a day, and then we'll just be dead forever. Yeah. And then here's Sam Jacks. Just he's just a body in a room. Does it really matter what we do? Is it worth touching people? Is it worth following these dreams? It made me think uh, that ending specifically. Yeah, him and because it's then Clifton. You know, as Caesar is next to him, is the other body next to him. Dude, so I didn't even see Caesar next to him. So yeah, so it's it's Sam Jackson and Caesar, and then like eight other just like normal L.A. burner bodies. Yeah, and it, uh, it reminds me of the ending of Glory, where you see. Matthew Broderick's body and Denzel Washington getting buried together. They're just in a pit. And we're just all the same at the end of the day, right? We're just a bunch of meat yeah. walking around trying to, make, man. trying to make our lives happen. And the just, yeah, the the uh, pointlessness yeah. of fighting. It's like, just go to school, man. Just, <laughs> just read a book. Don't start. You know, what, just get through it. What's it, the best case <laughs> scenario for your future prospects in a tagging gang? Yeah. What's the best case for you? You could go to art school, but you still got to go to school. Yeah. You got to read a book. You look, your work is good. You know, and you, know you got to do some after school work. All that macho bullshit, all that posturing, all that uh, just hardship that you go through, you're just going to end up the same place no matter what. So Yeah, I don't know if we needed to build to a real conclusion like this. I'm sure there was some temptation not to do it. But these movies need to end with a confrontation. People need this closure. And this is a way of giving off just about like the most unsatisfying closure you can give a movie. And I kind of like that choice. Mm -hmm. And I don't like the, this was written by a teacher. (laughs) It feels like such a, look, well, I don't know what to think. Yeah, all that. And then it's like one in nine teachers is attacked by a student. This movie was written by a teacher. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know what this wants me to think. They're just like, all right, yeah, this is I th- bad. I think this teacher wanted to kill his students. Is what I, think. <laughs> I want it, yeah. And then Scott, for him to be Scott like... Scott didn't go on to write other things. This was his like, one are story. Are you sure, This Scott? was his one thing he wanted to talk yeah. about. Scott, you seem, yeah, you seem... Is this a good idea to say all of this really happened? <laughs> like, is, Should people be talking to Scott Yeagman more than their... Uh, <laughs> What does he know about Reynolds? How many work? kids disappeared under his watch? He knows <laughs> yeah. a lot about Demerol and how to shoot a bow and arrow. He's really showing off his Demerol knowledge. <laughs> He's really hyping this specific opening. It's a little too close. But hey, I didn't know this movie existed a week ago. No. And we're here. You're welcome. 187. <laughs> one of Charlie's favorite. This movie's stalked you for 25 I, years. It's finally off my... Uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's like a weight has been lifted. It's that just, I've now seen and know, I can say I've seen 187. And you're burying it in the pile. On to the next with one. With glory and all the others. Yeah, absolutely. It came to that. You're burying these just like big old lumpy sacks of furniture. I feel, thrown. feel light as a feather Airport right now. baggage handlers just tossing us into the shredder. That's I never it. got beat up in high school or anything. I just want to make sure everyone knows. <laughs> It was. It ended up being just a normal high school experience. Yeah, I never. I did plays. People didn't hurt me. It was fine. Yeah, I never. I never got punched <laughs> in the face at all in school. It was. It was actually. And a again, pretty, maybe, pretty great maybe that's time, part of the. Truthfully. That's kind of the message, right? It's like they went through all this conflict for nothing. I went through all this fear of the unknown for nothing. Like, don't be scared. 
Maybe don't be scared of dying so, and being in the morgue that, that day. You, you know? either have to be scared of the fact that some guy can knife you in the hallway with a nail, or you just got to go go live. Yeah. <laughs> go maybe. do what you want to do. I think it came to this. I think it did. Go find 187. Sam Jackson is finest. I think just you have to get it on video nine. cassette. I think that's literally it's a VHS the only, one. <laughs> the only way go. it's available. Listen to its smooth, massive attack soundtrack as John Hurd is like, how much more racist can he get? <laughs> a lot of tones going on in, in 187. Yeah. I loved it. This is good. A, I'm this glad is a you good did. Because usually I, I recommend something and it's... <laughs> It's not great. <laughs> Every time the My record like, is spotty. What should we do next week? And Charlie goes, I know one we can do. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. Here's a movie. I've never seen it before. I, I remember seeing trailers for it 25 never, years ago. I never recommend movies I've seen. Only things I've never <laughs> seen and I've wanted You're to all, see. You want somebody to take a blind step like with you, right? I need that. You yeah. need the shared experience. This is a good shared experience. Thank you. I'm okay. glad we experienced 187. Awesome. We made it. I'm I'm going to remember this. <laughs> this is good. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening and good night. Uh, uh, uh.